911, what's your emergency? America's healthcare system is broken and people are dying. Welcome to Code Whack, where we shine a light on our callous healthcare system, how it hurts us, and what we can do about it. I'm your host, Brenda Gazar. This time on Code Whack. How might a bereaved mother's life be different if we had single-payer Medicare for all in America? How would our lives change without the confusion and aggravation of dealing with health insurance companies and medical corporations that exist primarily to make a profit? We recently spoke to Kayla Westergaard Dobson, a Los Angeles TV writer and healthcare organizer who's still battling her health insurance company over billing issues a year after she lost her newborn son. Welcome to Code Whack, Kayla. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for being here. In the last episode, we heard about the health insurance struggles you and your husband are still facing a year after the birth and death of your son, Arthur. Was this the reason you became a healthcare organizer, or were you already involved in the cause? I feel healthcare justice has always been top of mind for me. I grew up in a half American, half Canadian household. My dad was Canadian, so I always knew that there was a better world possible. I always knew that the system that we had currently was not a good system. I personally did not start experiencing the, you know, the very negative, very serious, very unjust downsides of, of our system until, you know, I became an adult and had to deal with the insurance system myself. And I really became very active in healthcare justice at the start of the, the COVID pandemic. You know, you're sitting at home, you're seeing healthcare injustices play out across your neighborhood, across your community, across your city, across your state. And I'd been involved with the, the local DSA for a while and they have a healthcare justice committee. So it was very easy to get plugged into that. And I'd kind of stepped back from it. You know, I got pregnant. You got a lot on your mind when you're pregnant. It was a difficult pregnancy in some ways. And then my son died and AB 1400 came up and I was like, this is what I need to do. In grief, a lot is talked about making meaning and making meaning from what you've lost and you know, not just letting it be this black hole in your life and figuring out some way to derive or force some meaning out of it. Um, and I think that healthcare justice and advocating for healthcare justice has been a huge part of that. Mm, wow. I really resonate with what you said about making meaning out of loss. And that's beautiful. And I agree, so important. You mentioned also AB 1400, which is a California single payer bill that was introduced by Assemblyman Ash Kalra. If that bill had been law when your son was born, how do you think things might have been different for you personally? Just the amount of stress we would have experienced the moment I walked into the hospital wouldn't have been there. And stress has a huge impact on health outcomes. I think we are slowly as a society accepting that more and more that not even just not having to think about oh god if I'm in the hospital until March how are we going to pay for that oh god if my son is in the NICU for the next three months how are we going to pay for that what is the insurance going to be oh god when we get out of here how many hours are we going to spend on the phone you know talking about talking to our insurance and talking to the hospital billing and talking to an advocate and talking to my family trying to figure this out so just eliminating that stress I can't even imagine what that would be like. And I can't imagine what that would be like on a day-to-day. So sometimes I think about when I walk out of the house, how does the lack of single payer affect me? Well, I'm thinking about, oh God, what if I get in a car accident? Oh, what if somebody, yeah, runs into me with their car? What if I trip and fall? What if um, there's an earthquake and something bad happens, like something falls on my head? We're constantly thinking about 
these things even if we don't realize it and then actually having this huge medical trauma event where I'm both physically recovering and emotionally recovering yeah the stress of having to fight with the insurance it it impedes it impedes both of those things and I I really would I would give anything to have been able to go through the grieving process of, of the loss of my son without having to worry about these two giant corporations working to extract as much money from me as possible. Wow. What was the impact of that on you? You said it was like going through it, being traumatized twice. Ultimately, how are you different today because of that? I'm much angrier. I'm, I'm, I'm much angrier. And that's not, um, I think anger can be a very powerful emotion. I think for some, for, for some circumstances, it can be a healing emotion. It's not a healing emotion here. Um, it's a motivating emotion, and it's definitely kept me going in the fight of, no, I'm going to call the insurance back and figure out why my appeal has been denied. No, I'm going to call the hospital and ask them, why are you sending my bills to collections when you said you were going to wait for my insurance? Like, that, the anger can motivate um, the continued fight, but I'm, I'm, I'm tired. I am angry. I am disillusioned. I am, I'm frightened for the future because it, again, it just feels something can happen to you that is totally out of your control. And again, there was no reason for what happened to my family. There was no underlying medical condition there was no traumatic it was just totally out of the blue so something totally out of the blue can happen to you and your life is entirely changed and we're all walking around with that knowledge every day that something could happen to me that is the result of a tiny little action oh I smoke one cigarette or I get hit by a bus and then my entire life could be I could be in medical debt I could have everything taken from me I could, I could not get the care that I need. And we're, we're carrying that in ourselves every single day. I don't know how any of us are not, I don't know how we're not all on high blood, on high blood pressure medication. It's just the, the stress of that is, it's immeasurable. I don't think we even realize how much stress that is. Right. And do, would you say, Kayla, that that's maybe one of the most important ways that having single payer would transform healthcare as we know it for everybody is taking away that stress i think that the stress would be a huge a huge overall um adjustment for the better in our society i think um the right away the uh the initial benefit would be yeah no one's going into medical debt people aren't going into medical debt people aren't losing their houses people aren't losing what anything that everything that they have because a medical event happened to them so i think first of all not having those things happen amazing people not dying because they can't access the care they need that is justice and then yes the the next level down is we're not all walking around all day every day doing these calculations in our subconscious of oh i have a sore throat can i go to the doctor mm, i don't know what is my copay i don't even know is coinsurance different than the copay and what's my deductible i still don't understand those things and i have been working on this for over a year, I am I am deeply involved in in healthcare justice, and I still only vaguely understand what the difference is between copay, coinsurance, deductible, and I'm sure there's other things that I'm not thinking about. And then 
another level down from that is just our overall health outcomes as a as individuals and as as a group of people would be so much better if people could just go to the doctor and go and have a baby and go and have surgery and go to chemotherapy and not be having to worry about these other things and then even another level down from that it makes me wonder how different people's lives could be if they were not tied to their jobs for health insurance how different people's lives could be it's it's something that my husband often talks about he came up kind of in the startup world and in that world we're shut we're, we're stifling small businesses we're stifling entrepreneurship we're stifling creativity because people cannot take risks in business in creative people cannot take those risks because they're stuck with jobs because that is where their health insurance is from so i i we can't even picture how different people's lives will be when we have a single-payer system because it just is it completely will transform the way our society works from just go, being able to go to the doctor to oh i can quit my job and do this you know follow this passion because i don't have to worry about will i have access to my anthem blue cross right very good points so it's not very well known but there's a commission appointed by governor gavin newsom the healthy california for all commission and it's looking into options to create a unified financing system including single payer in california <clears throat> have you been following their work and what outcome do you hope for from this commission I have been following their work. Governor Newsom, part of his platform when he ran was being open to the idea of single payer for California. And I think that the Healthy California Commission is a way to deliver on that promise somewhat. I appreciate everyone who's involved in the commission and who's doing the work. I think that the commission has not discussed AB 1400 yet, which is a, you know, as you mentioned, is a bill in the assembly. And I, I believe in it wholeheartedly. And I think that the commission is doing itself a disservice and is doing Californians a disservice by not discussing this piece of legislation that is already existing. The conversations they're having are very important. You know, they're talking about global budgeting and they're talking about how, you know, how do we make sure doctors get paid what they're worth and how do we make sure that patients actually are getting the care that they need. These are important conversations to be having. And they could also be discussing the piece of legislation that currently exists to address all of these conversations. Thank you, Kayla Westergaard Dobson. Do you have a personal story you'd like to share about our WAC healthcare system? Contact us through our website at heal-ca.org. Find more Code WAC episodes on progressivevoices.com and on Nurse Talk Media. You can also subscribe to Code WAC wherever you find your podcast. This podcast is powered by Heal California, uplifting the voices of those fighting for healthcare reform around the country. I'm Brenda Gazar.